You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Hey, Bruins fans, welcome back to episode 107 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Uh, we got a really good show lined up today, a lot of good topics that we're going to touch on. Um, uh, again, this week there is no prospect preview or updates. Um, we are going on week three trying to figure out what's going on, but we will keep you updated on that. May even be looking for a new co-host for that hour, but I'm just... I'm just trying to cover all the bases right now until I officially find out what's going on. So if anybody's interested, please let us know. Also, we have writing positions available at the blackandgoldhockey.com website if you're interested in that as well. Um, but let's get to the panel today. Uh, Rob, how we doing? I'm good, buddy. Good. Really good. And Court, welcome back. Yeah, thanks. A little tired, but uh, is what it is. Shout out to Court's daughter, Emma, on her birthday. How old? She's turning two on Wednesday, but today is her Peppa Pig birthday. Well, we won't be around for a week, so it was an appropriate shout out to your kid. Oh, yeah, no, I get it. That's what so. I understand. Yes, she will be two years old on Wednesday. That's awesome. Yeah, and that two years flew by. Seriously, I started this podcast when she was born. Exactly. So that maybe that's why it's going so well. Got to thank Emma for that. And the parents, of course. <laughs> sure. Um, let's, just, let's talk about last week's games. I uh, started off on a Sunday Sunday night, 4-1 uh, win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, that was a good win, a uh, good redemption win for the, the way. I know it was 1-1 one one last season, but uh, only seeing this team twice per year. Uh, always good to get off on the right foot. So, And uh, in two days off. They go into Colorado on a Wednesday night, very late game, uh, 10 o'clock start, and they lose 6-3, to three, which was an absolute crap show. Um, I don't have much to say anything about that at all. Halak's first game. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and also the guys in front of Remember, him were just not very goal. unsupportive. Yeah, the whole team, once again, I'll always say it, it's the team that loses you the game. Right. Bruce yeah. Cassidy after the game, what did he say? He was like, 
goalie wasn't on, players weren't on. Yep. Is what it is. It's got to be a win by committee. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not It's not an individual, in in my opinion, anymore. So. Mind to the next game, the redemption game. Just couldn't score. Exactly. Um, Which it, is the problem with this hockey club. Can't score. Yeah. Yeah, you got to find it from other areas of the, of this team. It's it's just it's just a need. Um, and Friday night, back to back, they beat. Oh, they they lost to Dallas one to nothing in overtime, which I thought was a, a very entertaining back and forth game for a one to nothing victory. Uh, but obviously, you know, you get a point out of the deal. I thought Tuukka Rask played very well in his return. Um, to, to, from his uh, absence, his excuse absence. Is that correct? This was his first game, right? Yes. Yeah. First okay. Game. And then last <laughs> night, a game that I did not watch because I was so inebriated after uh, our road beers and Bruins podcast at my friend Dale's house. Um, the Bruins win two to one, and I heard really good things about that game. Uh, Halak played very well. And JFK gets his first goal. I think he's talking about. I thought Lozon was the the goaltender of the night. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and Jeremy Lozon came in to swipe the puck away. I saw the uh, the 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 highlights of that game. So I was watching it. I was at Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire with the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. So you watch it on a big screen with the Symphony Orchestra there, and I was watching the game on my phone. <laughs> so no sound. It was tough. <laughs> I watched the first period uh, and then about two minutes before the second period started I fell asleep so yeah <laughs> 1 a.m. face off Yo. I got to about 2.15 and I just fell asleep I couldn't take it anymore yeah, I'm not but a fan really of good game yeah. yeah I'm not and you know what's weird about this road trip that, that happened was the, the Colorado game on Wednesday night was a 10 o'clock start but and I know I get the whole time change and and you know blah blah blah, but the Dallas game and the Arizona game with both eight o'clock starts, which made absolutely no sense because they're pretty close to the same area. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, yeah, I just didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that they're very, they're really really close, and I I don't think that the mountain time and central are really that, you know, that much of a difference that that game had to be. I mean, that game could have easily been nine o'clock an hour earlier. Would it be a, a little bit better? You know what I mean? But I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, Hey, selfishly, I, I don't disagree. I stayed up and watched it and, and I got two hours of sleep and I had to be up for work. So that sucked, but Oh, well, um, say love Yeah, exactly. Three games coming up this week. Um, they are in Detroit on the 21st of November. That's a Wednesday night against the Red Wings. Um, the Bruins are a perfect 2-0 and at the new Little Caesars, Little Caesars Arena. And uh, that, that's, a, that's good. Uh, hopefully they can make that 3-0 and on Wednesday night. Um, they play Pittsburgh on Friday, November 23rd, day after Thanksgiving. Um, the for Bru- the U.S. audience, yeah, yeah, for the U.S. listeners, uh, the Bruins are twenty six fifteen and two uh, against the Pens at TD Garden. Uh, hopefully, they can cont- continue the winning. And 
Montreal Saturday night, uh, November twenty fourth. Another back to back. Um, and the Bruins are 25-29-3 at the Bell Center in Montreal. So, I mean, it, pretty even. They're playing a bunch of struggling teams, but now well, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. The Bruins are uh, the Providence Bruins, not the Boston Bruins. <laughs> well, in defense, yeah. Well, without Bergeron, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, if if anybody wants to go to any of these games, if you're fortunate enough to be in Detroit or in Boston for Pittsburgh on Friday night or in Montreal on Saturday night, go to SeatGiant.com or SeatGiant.ca and get your tickets for any of these events. And please use promo code BNGP to save yourself a little money. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, This is going to be... I mean, Detroit... Really not doing well. Still at the bottom. Well, no, actually, they're not at the bottom anymore. Pittsburgh now is at the bottom of the uh, Eastern Conference, which is a, a shock yeah, to they me. they suck. With a 7-8-3 and three record and seven points. Um, and they made that useless trade. What yeah. was that? Hey, take my garbage. I'll give you my your garbage. I just think that I think that trade was just something to do with, with, with L.A., just unloading or 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 the starting the process of getting rid of players um i I like tanner pearson but i like tanner pearson of a couple years ago and and carl haglin can we have tofoli yeah i think that's we should talk about that later on i'm gonna put that in the agenda yeah we need rob to talk about it because we know that he loves that guy i do too big fan so i'm gonna enjoy the conversation um so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the, this week, uh, and especially the Montreal game on a Saturday night. Love those. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be uh, a, a Canadian uh, nationwide viewing. Is that is that on hockey night in Canada? Got it. So that's... it's like it's like church, exactly, <laughs> but like fun and pointful. I, I love everybody up in America's hat. Great people. Oh, yeah. America's hat! Wow. I guess you're enjoying our hockey game, so I, <laughs> you can uh, you can say whatever you want, there, big guy. It's the Micmac Indians that invented hockey, or Mi'kmaq. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> All right, um, let's get to the athletic article of the week, and this this article is from Fluto Shinzawa. Well, I, I think we should maybe you know say why this article is around because we have lost somebody. This article is from Fluto Shinzawa. We we have been talking about Joey Mack's articles for a while, but this one really has to has to has to be spoken about. And it was a good read from um, from Fluto. I definitely uh, recommend you guys follow him and read. But it is about a loss of a very very important Boston Bruins player and 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 a keystone of the leadership core of this uh, NHL Bruins club, and that's Patrice Bergeron, who. Um, Took a took a pretty heavy hit on Friday wasn't night. Was it a dirty hit? I said like, heavy. I, I said so heavy. Saying, yeah, everybody's saying dirty hit. I'm like, what happened? Where was the dirty part? I'm I, so confused. I kind of think that that it was because he was riding him into the boards, more or less, for me and what it's I saw. That's completing it. a check. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that hit on Camfer last night was... Dirty. A hell of a lot worse yes. than that one. And that didn't even get called for a penalty or anything. So 
Well, I'm not shocked yeah. by the the officiating lately. That that's really well, sucked. Well, yeah, but I'm guessing we'll get to that a bit later on. I'm writing that one down too. On so yeah, it's really unfortunate to have somebody like Bergeron out of the lineup, and like 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 Court said earlier, it just increases the the need for the Providence Bruins players to step up with that next man up mentality. I don't know who's going to be called. Bergeron is technically listed as day to day right now, uh, and and for further evaluations. Yeah, so, there's no update. Yes, I'm guessing you're probably going to I'll get. I'll double the, check right now. Keep going. I'll double check. I'm guessing the 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 update could possibly be as early as tomorrow morning, um, so. with uh, the team not playing for three days. So we should should get an update. I know Court's on it right now, but nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But talking about the article uh, that we picked, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so tough to lose somebody like this, and and, and to fill his shoes is going to be very tough for whoever it is, regardless of of, of you know what his status is going to be. But um, I found some very interesting topics on in this article, and from a kind of like a stats thing. If I can find it, what the hell? Um, yeah, can't find it. Oh, all right, here it is. Uh, the formula that demands repetition in order to negate Bergeron's loss, according to Natural Stat Trick, which is a is a great website uh, that I'm trying to learn. Uh, per sixty minutes of five on five play, Bergeron is averaging one point three goals, two point three assists and 3.6 points, all career bests. Um, as a bumper on the power play, Bergeron has drained only two of his 15 shots, which is 13.3%, but he is distributing the puck at a rate of 7.2%, which assists in 60 minutes of uh, man-up play, far beyond his previous career best of 4.0 in 2008-2009. Um yeah, so how is it that he's getting older and getting better at the same time? I I don't understand it. Uh, it's the players around him. Um, Marshan's playing a playmaking role all of a sudden and passing the puck, uh, whereas usually it was Bergeron passing to Marshan and Marshan burying. So, and then you got Pasternak on the other side who's opening up all kinds of room. I, the thing is, people say that, that you need a power forward around the league. I think Pasternak's been playing that role recently for the Bruins. Uh, and I think he's doing a really good job. He's been opening up the areas, and Patrice Bergeron's been finding the space. and It's all been clicking. The only problem is, now that he's injured, does it carry on when he comes back? That's the big if. Yeah, he's going to be missing so many so many areas of of how this team plays, uh, especially on the penalty kill. Um, you, did you know he's logged thirty seven minutes and thirty seven seconds of shorthanded ice time? Most of any team forward entering Saturday's game last night. Wow, Jesus. that's kind of a funny number thirty seven thirty seven. And plays on the first power play unit as well. Right. And plays first line 
five on five. And he's also Patrice Bergeron. Three yeah. on three. And, and, and in the article, in, in Fluto's article, it says Bergeron does too many things sublimely to be replaced. His absence can only be managed, which I thought was very well said. Perhaps it's why Saturday's win was so fulfilling to his teammates. The few who are still standing, that is. Seriously, it's like uh, walking wounded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah but the, the absence of... I really don't know who they can call up right now. I mean, if you wanted to, you could definitely manage the lines appropriately. But, I mean, for me, it would definitely be a player like Colby Cave who was who's playing very well down in Providence. I think he should get a shot. But it won't be to him, for him to, to be on that first line with the NHL Bruins. I think that the adjustments will have to be made that somebody else, uh, a veteran player... Um, Maybe Krejci go up on the first. Well, didn't he play? The, he played the first last game. Yeah, and Nordstrom played the second. All right, because yeah. I or did not. Trade, they could trade for uh, they could trade for Riley Nash because he's stinking at the joint in Columbus. <laughs> I know so many people probably get cheap off about as that. well. Yeah. No, um, I was being sarcastic. I really <laughs> thought he was. He played well last year and got great points because he played with Pasternak and Marchand. Yeah, and um, confidence from him. I honestly is Jan Kavar still with the Providence Bruins? He is, but he's, is... he's on a PTO. Yeah, but it's whether, depending on the time frame, do you sign Kavar and play him? Well, because like, the guy the guy's going to take like one million or less, probably less. So... Yeah, he is uh, still on a PTO, which is coming to an end soon because I think that him. The agreement that that he had and his agent Alan Walsh had um, was to showcase his skills to other NHL teams with the Providence Bruins, and if he wasn't going to get an NHL deal, he was going to head overseas to yeah. uh, to play back in Europe. Uh, that that was my understanding. Don't quote me on that, please. Um, but I don't think that he's the answer. He's a great AHL talent right now. But his foot speed is far from NHL caliber. And I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why his signing has not been done yet. And other other players, in my opinion, that deserve the call-ups, like, you know, the JFKs and so on that are making this club. Congrats, by the way, on scoring his first goal. Yeah. yeah. yeah nice that, goal. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't see him... I don't see him being a part of this organization anytime soon. They could be wrong. That's just what I'm seeing. There's a lot of people out there uh, that say that, that they, you know, they're calling for him to to make that jump to the NHL right now and and showcase his skills. But I, I just don't see it. With all the injuries right now, if you're anybody on the Providence Bruins and you're not getting a call up, you should then know what your position is with this hockey club. Exactly. Whether it be I'm... due to contract or not, because he does at least have to sign a. A two-way deal. He cannot yeah. be called up on a PTO. I'm really surprised that um, Senishin wasn't one of the guys that was called up for a look. Um, but that might be further down the line if if needs be. I, I could see. Well, I could see Zach. Their defense is getting destroyed. Oh my god! Yeah. Five, oh yeah. Five or six defensemen but are on the shelf. They're also not scoring goals. And, oh, a hundred percent. 
Yeah, and Sanishin's been a good net front presence for the Providence this season. So, yeah, if but you're looking... his, I, I don't watch the games. How's his defensive game? It's not bad. I mean, he's got the speed. Well, uh, that's not that's not promising. Yeah, right, right. I mean, he's still got a lot of work to do, in my opinion, off the puck. Just like Ryan yeah. Donato uh, is doing down in, in Providence right now. But he's he's starting to find the back of the, the net a lot more consistently. But his game off the puck still needs work, in my opinion. And, and that goes for Zach Sinishin, too. So, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for the athletic article of the week. We thank uh, Fluter Shinzawa for... Uh, for that great article, and and finally, we could talk about him and and his great work. So and you say his name right because I could never do that. Yeah, it's, hey, it's one name that I can say right. There you go, man. If you enjoyed this week's athletic.com article of the week on our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, head over to theathletic.com/slash/blackandgoldpod and sign up today. You could save up to forty percent off a yearly subscription and get unparalleled Boston Brewers coverage from local writers such as Joe McDonald and Fluto Shinzawa. You also get access to many other popular professional sports by signing up at theathletic.com slash black and gold pod. What is the athletic, you ask? The Athletic.com website is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. The model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos that can be very annoying. Instead, readers subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their team inside and out. Please go to theathletic.com slash blackandgoldpod today and be a part of the future of sports journalism. All right. Uh, again, thank Fluido Sinzawa for that great article and great topic. Hope Bergeron gets better. Definitely please, please, need please, him. Please, 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 exactly. Please, 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 My please, fingers please, are toes please. across. We're losing. We've lost the number one center, and forgot to mention Zdeno Chara. Yeah, yeah. we got holy Jesus, people. Um, all these so Chara needs to retire. Chara's a bomb. Yeah, guess what? You're gonna miss the shit out of that guy. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna be eating crow myself. Um, let's just get to this one, and and it was next in my in the agenda. But is there a need for an enforcer or a goon to come back on this team? Uh, people are obviously foaming at the mouth because they think that this team is being pushed off the puck. They're not winning battles against the boards, uh, uh, fighting. I, I, I just don't, I don't get where all this is coming from. Uh, now, I w- let's, let's be clear here. People want an enforcer, and I, I think people are losing their or maybe their minds over something they don't realize what an enforcer is compared to a power forward. Like I had someone say when I put this tweet out there, they were like, what about Wayne Simmons? I'm like, well, if you call Wayne Simmons an enforcer, I'm pretty sure he'd be embarrassed. So um, he's a hockey player, Wayne Simmons. Yeah, but like a, like you said, he's a power forward. Right. He's got, he's I don't got... think people, the people that want all this fighting, I don't think they're understanding what the difference is. Some people are, and some people still think we need an enforcer. But well, go on. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify. No, There's no problem. Difference. No problem at all. But for me, I, I, I would love to have a person like Wayne Simmons because he does have all those attributes in his tool bag. But his, sure. it, it's his it's his health that's concerning to me, and yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Say. I'm not sure if I want to give up uh, assets that that will be called for. I believe from from uh, Flyers management. That they, you know, if we're going to give up somebody like that, you're going to have to give up somebody uh, valuable in your developing depth. 
Um, and to come out and play as a Bruin, you really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you could get injured in game one or game 30 in a Bruins uniform. Who knows? But I just don't like that gamble. It, but it remains to be seen if anything happens at all. But he that's, is a UFA, I believe. Yeah. At the end of the year. And, 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 but do you want to give that a long-term deal? Right. And from my understanding, from a lot of decent uh, podcasts that I listen to that, that you know gravitate to the Flyers, uh, is that they really want to resign him. They want to keep him in Philly. So um, it remains to be seen what goes on with that. Well, but, once again, he is a power forward. Right. Not an enforcer. And these people are saying we need an enforcer. I literally just had someone tweet me. And tell me, no, you need an enforcer on your hockey club. Well, no, you don't. They serve zero purpose. There is a study that was done, and I, I posted the article on my Twitter, if anybody wants to read it, that showed there is no correlation between a fight and momentum. In fact, there is nothing that happens after a fight. The game just stays the same. A perfect example of this, and Mark and I were talking about it before the show, was the Edmonton Oilers-Calgary Flame game last night. Which is a sick rivalry in itself um, correct but, but milan lucic good old milan lucic went out there and just tried to take people's heads off all night right and and the whole team did and uh, what uh, alluded to me on this was um a tweet from mike bond who uh is a part and co-host of the uh scuttlepuck podcast with dale horde they those guys do a great job highly recommend um you know, he said that there's no there's no need for that particular part of the game. Uh, the game is about winning, and like you said, there's no significance in in what happens after a fight. Um, it, I think that's just you know Go hit. I would love hard hits. I love hard hits. Good Daniel Kachuk. Uh, is it Daniel Kachuk or which Kachuk is on Calgary? Matthew. He lit, he made a huge hit last night. That was amazing. When I used to be playing hockey, guy get in a fight. If, if the other team ends up getting a power play, you're not, regardless whether your teammate won the fight or not, there's zero momentum. Zero. In fact, you are now on the penalty kill. Yeah. The problem is with fighting nowadays is there's an instigator rule. So it just becomes a point of, I understand people's frustrations. It's like, well, Krug shouldn't have to fight and Marshan shouldn't have to fight. No one's telling Marshan what to do. He's going to do it regardless. Right. It's yeah. not, you're not stopping Marshan. But you have... Your guy that fights people, that would destroy people, is Kevin Miller. I love the whole, oh, we need McQuaid back. P.S. people, McQuaid is hurt. Yeah, exactly. He, he, was, he was terrible. There's a reason why they traded him. He would have been up in the box. I'm sorry. Yeah. The living in the past has got to stop. People are just clamoring for former Bruins because they want 2011 all over again. Well, guess what? How many fighting majors did the Boston Bruins have to win the Stanley Cup in 2011? Zero. Exactly. Yep. Zero. Not one single fighting major. Yet they won a cup. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you people, toughness and fighting are two different things. This team does need to get tougher on the in the corners. I believe Rob said it like three different times in three different episodes. They need to win the puck battles in the corner. That's yeah. what they need to do. Be, be in front of the net. Net presence, right, Rob? That's what they yeah, need that's, to do. That's all they need is... The thing is, when they're scoring, it's always coming from in front of the net. Look at Lozon getting his first goal, crash the net. And then JFK getting his first goal, crash the net. Marshans had, what, three from around the front of the net so far this season? 
Uh, Bjork got that goal called back because he went through the crease, but he was right in front of the net and the puck went in. So that's what they need to do. They don't need to fight. They don't need to boom people, centre ice and absolutely destroy them. They just need to win net front battles. That's the main thing. And that's what they used to do in 2011 when they won the cup. The main thing was put the puck on net, have two guys in front of the net, one to screen, one for the rebound, and that's how they won the playoffs. So They need to be stronger on the puck for sure. They need to be stronger out there. But the thing is, you've got guys like Pasternak's been great at just being a... He's been a bully this season. Like, he holds the puck. No one can. No one does a good job of nudging him off the puck. He always seems to keep control of it. Um, he's also been going to the net hard every, every shift. There's a couple of times he's took the net off. So, you've got the players there. It's just getting them to play that way. And I think that's hard when... Half of your roster is out injured. Because can you really ask guys to play the type of game where you're going to get injured when you're already missing all these guys? Yep, that's, it's that's... just mind-boggling to me. And it, 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 there's the the fact that it was all over the place. Like you had Matt Kalman, Mick Mick Collegio, all of them saying, "Come on, people! Like you don't need an enforcer." I understand. Like I had someone say, "Well, wasn't it great when uh, Clifton got in the fight? You know, it lifted you up." I'm like, you know what? In that game, the Boston Bruins lost because they didn't score. I couldn't give two rats asses whether he got in a fight or not. What the fuck is that, man? Clifton got in that fight because he got slashed in the balls. Exactly. Turned to the ref. The ref didn't put his hand up, so he went, right, I'll I'll deal with this myself. Exactly. That's a totally different situation. But the, the, the whole old adage of these guys get in a fight, and then they, they get the momentum, and then they're going to win the hockey game? No. You win the net. You win the hockey game by scoring more goals than the other team. Plain and simple. There's yep. no you won the hockey game because you beat everybody up on the ice. It's not the way the game is played anymore. Unfortunately, for the people that love that, I understand it. Trust me. I I used to love watching fights, but it's just with the instigator rule, the way the NHL is done nowadays, it's pointless. Exactly, and. You know, there's names being thrown out there, like make a trade for Ryan Reeves, make a trade for Tom Wilson. It's oh, please don't bring that garbage. In. I know. I mean, it's, I I don't get the it. The only thing is, all those guys are loved by their own team. It's like Marshand, like the Bruins players and fans love him. Everyone else in the league hates him. Like, there's a reason they don't usually lead the teams. Like they're gonna stay there because the team doesn't want to give them up because they've got hold of a guy that they can use as a weapon. We don't need a weapon. We need scoring. You don't need a guy to lay the body. You need a guy to put the puck in the back of the net. I mean, I got sick of seeing the whole Artemi Panarin to Boston like rumors all the time. But that's the kind of guy you need. Yeah, you think I would love Ryan him. Reeves on the team. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, let's... Don't get me wrong, I love Ryan Reeves. Like, I think he's a really good player. I think he at least he's... has some skill. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's he's clawed his way to the NHL, and he is literally fighting to stay there. But good so... old Elan Lucic, people, he is nothing good, but a thug nowadays. Yeah, if he, the only way a guy gets points is if he plays with the best player in the world on his line. Yeah. So, 
I, I'm real sorry. He he went downhill fast, and I believe you said it before, Mark. He, he went downhill before he even left the Bruins. Oh yeah, I mean, like his first four years were uh, unbelievable. He was putting the puck in the net, and he was fighting. The last four years, we didn't. We saw him put the puck in the net, not on a regular basis, but there was no fighting. And then obviously he gets traded to L.A. And that's I think that's pretty much when it really started to go. And they so many people were saying they should resign him in L.A. And uh, obviously he gets moved uh, or signs with the Edmonton Oilers. So um, yeah, it, it, and the money, the the contract that he got was just ridiculous. But that was that's classic Peter Shirelli right there. So. Um, let's move into injuries. Uh, obviously, we we did talk about Patrice Bergeron, uh, his latest injury, and adding to the list. But uh, going down, I'm talking on um, CBSSports.com, the injury list for the NHL. Uh, John Moore is listed as day-to-day. Zdeno Chara is expected to be out until at least December 17th with a knee injury. Obviously, Bergeron day-to-day with upper body. Charlie McAvoy has uh, been upgraded to a concussion, uh, expected to be out until at least uh, that's November 21st. Uh, that's all retroactive. Brandon Carlo, upper body injury, expected to be out at least the 21st of November. And That's all concussive protocol with him, right? Right, right. And uh, Kevin Miller is still nursing a hand injury. I uh, heard it, he is skating, and he's getting his legs up to speed, but still cannot handle a stick. So he might be a little... Really? Because I heard he was back for the Detroit game. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. The that's, 20... what, that's what Cassidy said. Okay. He's back for the Detroit game. All right. All right. Maybe, I, I, maybe I'm just I'm hearing something from an unconfirmed source then. Yeah, um, you know what? It could be right. Maybe Cassidy was just saying that. I, I don't know. Yeah. He's so open, right, Cassidy? Yeah, I know. He just doesn't he give you anything. Right. He no, is no, he is a much What's that? If he knows it, if he knows it, he gives it to you. Oh, okay. All right. Go I was ahead. I was about to say he's not he's uh you know, doesn't give it out like uh what's his name on the Patriots coach? It must be something in his family genes. It must be just like that they're all just smart people that are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a selfish plug right there? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but regardless, um I mean, it hurts when you have one, two, three, four, five, and six. I'm sorry, five. Five players in your defensive core that are all out. So, I'm surprised Camp is not out after that hit. Like, uh, I really huge, thought eh? that he, he, it was head, like head first into the boards, then follow through, like absolutely crushed him. I am surprised something is not broken there. Yeah, but. By the way he's been playing, I'm surprised something hasn't been broken all season. So, that's... and I know that's a bit of a dig, but still, <laughs> I don't think he's that good. He's not that good, but to be fair to him, he's playing above. To be fair to him, he's playing in the NHL, and I'm not. Mm. Yeah, and he's played all right at times. There's just like that game last night. There was a couple of passes before the incident where he just threw it out in front of the net and I was like, don't, no. Like, five-year-olds are taught not to do that. Come on, Camper, please. <laughs> yeah, but I... And Zaboral did this. My God, Zaboral is giving me a heart attack in the <laughs> NHL. Like, get that guy back to Providence as fast as possible 
he's a good defender. Like, don't get me wrong, he plays really well up until the point that he gets a puck on his stick and someone's coming in his face and then he just, uh, I don't know what happens. He just, like, sneezes and scares himself and then throws a puck. <laughs> well, like, that goal it's crazy. Night, directly from a giveaway. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, like... It wasn't he, from him, by the way. It was Connor Clifton that gave away the puck. Yeah. But that's one guy. Him and Lozon. Jesus Christ. They're young. Lozon has been amazing. Yeah. Best best defenseman on the ice. I think he's been playing better in his own end than uh, anyone. Anyone at all. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what the worst part about that is? And I know everybody loves him. That makes Grizz more expendable. Sure. Yeah. Because it, it all depends. Because as we all know, it Grizz has played fantastic, but in the playoffs he wasn't that good. Right. And Lozon is bigger than him, stronger than him, and better defensively than him. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But, but Grizz is way better offensively than him so far from what we've seen. This is all. Yeah. But Lozon you know. was known as the shutdown defenseman. Like that's what he did in juniors. He wasn't as much of a puck mover. He was more of a stay at home kind of guy so and if you can have you know chara with mcavoy um krug with carlo and lozon with with miller you could oh yeah oh. yeah crazy this but, is why i sent out a tweet or back with lozon oh jesus yeah getting, this is what here. i mean like the when you look at this team and you think right what happens when everyone comes back to me, there's so many people that are just, like, you could just trade away. And I know you, you say that now, but if the injuries come back, it, it's not that good. But No, we had the depth. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, you got to think before um, Vak9 and when he was a, sh- a shoo-in for the NHL team. I think he played well enough to be. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think they wanted to... He played very well. Yeah, and then you got, again, you got Lawson playing well enough to stay up. Um, it's just crazy. Like, I, I don't get who's going to play like when everyone's back. I really don't. Well, to be honest with you, we, we learned that if if this team makes the playoffs, because I don't, I don't want to ever say a team's going to make the playoffs, because you never know, especially with the way Buffalo's playing and Jesus, the Atlantic Division has become the toughest division there is. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. But these kids, it's, the playoffs are a totally different animal. We learned that with Grizz. He looked lost out there. He looked like he couldn't handle the puck. He, could, he looked like he couldn't be strong enough in the playoffs. Brandon Carlo, we still haven't even seen him play a playoff game. Right. Damn shame. That's me. But... Yeah. Unfortunately, he's, he's injured. Um, yeah. Damn we, injuries. Yeah, I know. It sucks. Uh, but it, it's – I don't – I don't like injuries when they happen to your own players, and I don't like injuries when they happen to anybody in the NHL. It's just an unfortunate thing that happens, but you, I mean, you have to manage your team appropriately for that, for those moments. Um, so, but I totally forgot about, uh, and it wasn't even listed on this website about Yaro Yurho Vakaninen's uh, concussion and. He's not even up there. And also, I'm hearing that he's the type of player that got hit so bad that he could be out for the rest of the season. Oh, serious? That's, that's like I I'm just, this is 
from unconfirmed reports, nothing from team officials or anything like that. It's just, you know, that's that's what's going around the rumor mill per se. Oh, I'm still feeling it. Yeah, it's mine. Right. For God's sakes, still. But it just sucks. I mean, it, it does. Regardless of how it happened and when, I mean, your second game in the NHL and you get your bell rung. It's just for me. What does that do to the player later on when he comes back and healthy and ready to go? Is he going to be timid? Is he going to be afraid to be in certain situations? You know, I mean, those are that's the reality of an injury like this. When you mess around with the brain and the way you were taught one thing to do and how you approach it. The next thing is is going to be you know it's going to be lost in translation when you think about your health and 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 what you should and shouldn't do. But I'm I'm not a, I'm not a you know professional in concussions at all you know. I've hey, I'm learning about it every day. I I feel like I'm fine, and then like today, I went to the play play place with my daughter, and I started feeling like garbage again. So that sucks. I can't even I can't even figure it out how to make myself better. I, one one minute I could go to the gym for a week and I'm fine, and then the next minute I feel like crap all over again. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's not not easy to deal with. But again, you know, we we keep thinking about you, bud. Uh, what what about the moving on to another topic? Both goaltenders have recently been playing well, and that that is a is a great thing to see i know ras took the one nothing loss and it's tough to, to lose but he was fully engaged in that game and i thought that he probably played his best game of the season right there cassidy said he was the only reason they uh it was a one nothing score right yeah exactly but halak's been been a really good supporter um and and it brings me back to my my whole thing one a one b goaltending tandem this there's no backups i don't think as of right now each one of them is fighting hard to to gain the trust from from the coaches, and I believe that Yaroslav Halak has really earned that with the, with his play this season, and it's been really good to see. Um, but I want to see these two get on, on a roll. I still believe that this could be the the best one two tandem in the league at the end of the season. You know, remains to be seen, but that's just my thought. <clears throat> but. Would be awesome. Yeah, it would be awesome. And, and but me, I want to go back to my past. And in the eighties, I'm not sure if Rob will remember this, but um, I know Court, you might. But you remember when Reggie Lemlin and, and Andy Moog were in that? They would play. They, yeah, I know. I'm going back. No, but it's still good. That was like uh, the Stanley Cup Finals when the lights went out. Right. <laughs> those, those memories, Jesus. But. That team back then would literally play Moog Lemlin on a day to, you know what I mean? You'd have one game you play one, you'd have the other you play the other, and it was not upon a win or a loss. Um, it was just every, they pretty much split the season right down the middle. Did I, they win the Jennings? Yes, they did. So, nice freaking drop right there. Um, I'm looking at the upper deck hockey card in my head. Nice. <laughs> But, you know, that's something that I would really like to see more of. And I think that this would be an appropriate time at the end of November um, to try to implement that. And instead of Yaroslav Halak gets a, a decent win, he deserves the next start. Well, that might be all well and good to everybody and Bruins management. But me personally, I'd like to see something like that, a back and forth, 
towards the end of the year. It just, it just, I don't know. It keeps everybody fresh. Keeps everybody, you know, on their toes. Nobody's sitting for a long period of time. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I, I think they have to play one A one B now. I don't think there's any other way about it. Um, yeah, I, they've just they've played the way into it, and I think it all depends on how Rask comes back as well. Because if he goes to being lights out Rask, then do you go back to what it was before, where it's a starter and a backup? Because you got to remember, you're not going to go one A one B in the playoffs. Like no team does one A one B in the playoffs. It's always one goaltender all the way through. So I'm not sure. Not a hundred percent. It's kind of crazy because when you think about it, until last night, Halak was struggling a tiny bit, and now he's back. Mm-hmm. His goals against average is going up. I know goals against average really shouldn't mean that much. I know the, the stats people always tell me it's pointless. So, but he was struggling a bit. He's been playing better. Right now, he's been the better goalie this year, hands down. Um, but Halak, I mean, Rass played very well. And I, I, I would guess that Cassidy's just going to go what you were suggesting, Mark. I have a funny feeling Cassidy's just going to go back and forth. Yeah. And, and, and even looking back in Halak's career, he's been known to be a streaky player that he could, he could win one, lose one, win one, lose one kind of mentality. But, Ask any fan of the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. They thought oh. they were getting an all-star. Ooh, how'd that work out? Yeah. Man, that team, I, I thought for sure that would be the team to beat this year just because of of the you know the Ryan O'Reilly addition and and how he can't park a vehicle at Timmy's. Um, but... Then I'm... Sh- <laughs> come on. <laughs> I tried. You, you, fill, you fill a team full of players that think they should be playing above where they are. Because Ryan O'Reilly's not playing the first line. I'm sure it's Bryn and Shen. Um, like, it's one of them. Like, you just you bring all these guys in. You think it's going to, oh, I've got so many good players. This is going to work out really well. Oftentimes, it doesn't. Like, I think it works better when people are battling to get further up the, uh, the depth chart. Like, the Bruins have done where they bring in younger guys. I think that works a lot better than bringing in a guy from free agency. Yeah. Um, how about this one? How about the Hall of Fame induction of Willie O'Ree? Um, for me, this is very important. I am not a black person. I am. Jesus. No, I'm, no, it's, it's, I'm not saying that to be rude. But, no, I know. It's just the way you said it. Sorry. I know. I and if, if anybody did take that out of context, I, I apologize too. But um, there's a lot of, and it's, it's coming from some really dumb people, um, but they're saying, oh, why did he get in the hall? Because he's black. Um, yeah. You no, know, because it's 10 years too late for when he should have been put into the Hall of Fame. That's the reason that he's going in. Or the other narrative that he only played 45 NHL games and has 14 points. Why yeah, is he, why is he, why why is he going in the Hall? That does, what you know. he's done for the community and what he's done for other kids around the world and inspiration he's been. Exactly. Why he's in the Hall. Exactly. Break, broke barriers. 
yep. and change the hockey world forever. There so are... I'm pretty sure that's what the Hall of Fame's built for, not for guys that just put up tons of points, get loads of money, and that's it. And that's exactly so... why he got into that. He was in the builders category, uh, just like Jeremy Jacobs got in last year as a builder and many others because it, they might not have had a huge impact in the in their National Hockey League career with points and winning Stanley Cups, but what they did to initially get there opened doors for so many in the future. And there's a lot more uh, players of color and nationalities that are entering the NHL on a more regular basis because of people like Willie and what he's done, like Court said, in the community for all these years. And, and it's a great feeling for me as a Bruins fan to see a person like him and what he's done in the past to to get this game more enriched with 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 players from diversity and so on so i probably worded that way wrong but i don't care it it, it's it's a good day for willie i believe that on his induction on monday was was great and I, i i hopefully it inspires more players like that to get more involved and i think it will i think what he's done is is just a tremendous thing and and the best part about it is he's just one of those guys that wakes up and says, you know, he gets a phone call. Can you make an appearance here? Can you fly here? And it's not, you know, no, I'm really busy. He makes his way to find time to do stuff like this, which is absolutely huge and, and good on him. Uh, he's a, a fantastic human being. Um, so I just thought it was great and I thought it was, it was worth the mention. Well, I think we've mentioned it like three years ago when we were first on the show. Yeah. Like, Willie O'Ree needs to go into the Hall of Fame, and we've been saying it ever since, and it's finally happening. Yep. And I can't believe there's people out there that actually question why. Like, Jesus Christ. Well, it, it's, it's, it's the internet. Some people are assholes. Yeah, it's the oh, internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, anything can happen. In, and you get those, the keyboard warriors that blatantly just say rude crap just to make themselves get attention. And that's basically yeah. it, you know? And I don't have time for people like that. So I usually unfollow anybody that I follow that is rude. So, I mean, I'm yes, not saying I you don't keep... still getting annihilated by this stupid enforcer thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right, so... Moving on to our next topic, um, we already talked about JFK, Lozon, and Zaboro and Clifton. So I'm going to exit that out. Um, I like their additions on the on the you know the the next man up mentality. Hopefully they can keep playing. I do see what you're saying though in Zaboro, um, and I think that he needs a better pro game. But uh, hopefully that comes soon. Um, moving on to another topic is, is trades um, and. We, t- we talked about the Tanner Pearson, uh, maybe off show or maybe even during that, but uh, we talked about the Tanner Pearson for Kyle Haglin swap, which is pretty much an even trade. I think $250,000 was, was, you know, I don't even know. But um, do the one bro- is a UFA, one is going to be, one's got term left. Right. And I think, I think that on the money, the contract situation that, was it Haglin or was it Pearson? Haglin's the UFA, Pearson's got term. Right. And one but one of them had two hundred and fifty thousand dollars over the other. So it's not like they a certain player or a certain organization won this trade because they you know, 
they overpaid or whatever, but it was pretty much even. But does yeah, this didn't didn't they retain salary as well? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars that was retained. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Hagland's two hundred fifty k was retained, so it made it equal. Okay. So basically, they got the the contract of Hagland back with Tanner Pearson because they retained the money. So, with that trade being the first one of the season for the LA Kings. Do you think that this opens the door for others? And do the Bruins get involved with another player? In you know, do they trade for a player on the Kings? Whether it be defensive needs, I know I've, I'm hearing that Alec Martinez, Jake Muzzin, those names could be available on the decor if 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 a trade needs to happen. But also on the right side, which everybody is is concerned about, that we're not we're not developing properly or we're not trading or signing a right wing, uh, whether it be on Krejci's line or, or one of the bottom three lines. I'm, I'm not really concerned with that, but is it time to address that need up on the top six with a player like Tyler Toffoli and what you'd have to pay for somebody like that? Regardless, I mean, if he's going to be available or not on the trade market, anybody on the Kings... That's the guy I would want. I know Rob's uh, fully involved in that too. Little bias opinion. But <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing is, like Elliot Friedman was saying about um, what the LA Kings want to give up, because I think they're probably going to go for a rebuild now. Um, and it looks like they want to give up Jake Muzzin and Tyler to fall in the same package and get as much back as possible. Ooh. Which, for the Bruins, might be a good idea. And here's why. The LA Kings will have to retain salary. They'll have to get someone back. If you're losing that much cap and they've got UFAs at the end of the year that they're probably not going to re-sign with how they're playing, you have to retain salary. So maybe they take a guy like David Backers back as a salary dump. Yes, you have to retain some of his salary, but like there's the possibility of David Backers getting traded in that thing. Um, it's going to be a first-round pick, that's for sure, which is the worst thing because they said last year that they don't want to give up the first-round pick this time. Um like, it's going to be a big amount. It's probably going to be a guy like Ryan Donato who's ready to play in the NHL, a first-round pick, plus a high-end prospect. And I wouldn't be surprised if the LA Kings are looking at a guy like Euro Vakanainen right now. Well, I'm not going to let that guy go. But Donato can have a nice day. Yeah. yeah. But I, that's what I mean. With There's an upside and a downside to all these defensemen playing in the NHL right now. First of all, you showcase what they can do at this time. Exactly. So that brings other teams flying around saying, oh, well, maybe maybe this guy's ready to play on our decor if we can get rid of one of our guys. Um, so there's that. But the thing is, if you can bring Jake Muzzin in as a guy who can fill in for Chara if he does retire next season, which... Is looking more and more likely with an injury like this. Like, I don't know if he's going to be able to keep taking it season after season at the age of 40. So, 
I mean, you get a guy like Jake Muzzin back. You get a guy like Tyler Toffoli, who's, like I said, net front presence, does that very well. Um, power play scorer. I think the Bruins need that. Um, and then you've got your top six right wings sorted out with Pasternak and Toffoli. So it it's a good idea to go for the LA Kings. The only downside is the amount that you're gonna have to spend. Oh yeah, that's and that could be a lot. That could be a All lot, right. but you have to you have to give to get in this league, and um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm still not sure if a trade is needed right now. I would, but like I said yesterday in the uh, the beers and Bruins that I did. I would like to see it happen as soon as sooner than later, but like more or less like the, the end of December, early January, not right up against the trade deadline when these with the a new, a new incoming player doesn't really have much time to create chemistry with his new teammates. So a trade like like I said in the end of December, early January would be good, so you can get pretty much half a season uh, before the playoffs start if the Bruins make the playoffs, which. It, Right now, I mean, it is technically the Thanksgiving area where a lot of analysts consider where a team could play in the postseason. And right now, the Bruins, with a 11-6-3 record um, with 25 points, sit in the number one wildcard spot. And to me, that is a playoff team. So you, you, you work on that. You, you try to get... You know, micromanage your roster to, to accommodate for what's going to happen for the rest of the season. So, and if if the Bruins start to fall even further out of that wild card, then you pull the trigger on something to maybe spark the team or address a major need, which is defensive help, obviously. And 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 you, secondary scoring is 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 still a huge issue on this club. That needs to be addressed too. Well, if you're, you, you know, if you think that this team is going to be uh, involved in a long playoff run, which I'm still, I'm not, I'm not sold on. I, I hope they make the, at least the first round, but I'm not saying Stanley Cup. It's one of them. It answers all the Bruins' needs, but also, do you want a first round pick? Although the draft is basically one that's not as deep from what has been said. But at the same time, that, that's been said before. I mean, the Pasternak draft was apparently not that deep, but they managed to pick Pasternak late in the first round. So, I mean, I don't like giving up first round picks. I don't think that's the best idea, but they're not going to be able to work their way around that with uh, the LA Kings. Did we lose court? No, I'm here. Okay, buddy. I see. What are your thoughts on the Bruins exploring a deal? Well, if you're LA, you're you're you got to be willing to move anybody at this moment. Geez, they got rumors in Toronto right now that Doughty was coming to the Leafs for the whole Nylander thing. So, um, the rumor is Tyler Toffoli um, and Doughty for Nylander, Jake Gardner, and somebody else. Jeez. Oh my God, Gardner. Well, but if you're if you're LA, you're just looking to well, to change, yeah. right? I I could see LA moving. Um, a lot of moves are going to happen. 
um, that teams are desperate. I hope the Bruins aren't looking at desperate because the problem is if you're Don Sweeney right now, you haven't got to see your team play yet, which is frustrating for him, I'm sure. Yeah. Does he want to blow it up to make the deal? If I'm them, I'll try and get to Foley. But if I got to take Jake Muzzin too, I just don't see defense as being a need for the fact that I understand all the injuries, people. But all these injuries are happening, and the defense is somehow pulling it off. Yeah. The Bruins' need right now is scoring and bad. And until they can shore up that part, I don't know. That's the only trade I'd make. Get me some scoring. Yeah. Because they need some. Like as Rob said before, if we can get Panarin, please, please. We can get Wayne Simmons. Sure, I'll take him. Um, I'd give up 100%. Donato, trade him. I uh, After seeing his game, he's got he's going to have to learn that other side of the puck, but I don't know. But the, the it, way you look at this depth chart, Bjork is already above him. Yeah. It's tough, right? I yeah. mean, if you look at it, like you said on the depth chart, you I think Donato's fallen down quite a bit, to yep. be honest. I, it's just one of them. I mean, if if you get sent to Providence for a conditioning stint and that conditioning stint is this many games with so many people out of the lineup, that's not a good sign. Like, because they brought up JFK um, and didn't bring back up Donato. I know it was to play centre, but still. Um, like, you'd think they would have brought up Ryan Donato and let... Um, who is it? Nordstrom play third-line centre. But they didn't. So, it's just... It's one of them. It looks like everything is changing. So, I, I just think Toffoli's one of the guys that is available... He'd be a whole lot of help for this team, especially come playoff time, because if you can't score in regular season, you're going to really struggle when it comes to the playoffs. Yep. So, yeah. They need to do something. And LA is technically, right now, as we record on Sunday, November oh, they're, they're 18th, they're, they're they have 13 points, and they are the lowest point total in the league. Yeah, well, uh, Drew Dowdy's quote is saying it's an embarrassing season. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so I you think... have you have teams like look at it look at it right now you have L A the Vegas Golden Knights the St Louis Blues and the Pittsburgh Penguins that are in desperation mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is the officiating in the National Hockey League before we end the uh, episode one hundred and seven. Uh, it's been horrendous, and and um, obviously fans are not happy with with the results. I, I want to particularly uh, touch on one game. Um, it was the Dallas game. Yeah, no surprises there. Yeah, and um, I did not watch that game. Brad Marchand gave uh, Ben Bishop a little tap, um, literally like just a tap. It was not no slashing um, motion. It was just reached in and kind of you know the back of the knee. I'm just you know basically letting you know I'm here, buddy, and and I'm probably gonna score a goal on you. But it wasn't a hack, and it was called, and I thought that that was ridiculous. But more ridiculous was the frustration that Marchand had for the penalty. Has. Uh, yeah, and, and waving the white flag like in, in surrender, which got him a 10-minute game. Con- no, was it just 10 minutes? He didn't get kicked out. 
put it that way. But he did get um, penalized for it. So, which brings me to my point is, I I understand that the penalty sucks because it really wasn't a penalty that was called. But Marshan continues to put himself above the team with his antics and getting these calls, which are which is extra time without him. Is that a concern? No, because I, I think that's honestly, if if he's allowed to be annoyed about anything, I think it's that penalty. And I thought it was more that the guy, um, the defenseman, like, skated in front hey guys, of him. Hey, guys, sorry, I got to run. Okay. okay. No worries. Sorry, guys. No problem. All right. Have uh, a good time. Take care. We'll talk next week. Bye. Yeah, I thought it was more that the defenseman ran in, like, skated in front of him. Yeah, that's what kind I... Of, touched his stick and that was what got called i think not uh the touch on ben bishop right i think it was the touch on the defenseman coming past um but like if anyone's allowed to get frustrated and do something stupid at that point it's the player getting the call right and that was just it had to be the worst call this season if anything, what I would what I'd like to see done is 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 call Ben Bishop on an embellishment. Well, yeah, I you know, mean, not only that, but like, the ref should be having, like, he should have so much money taken off him or <laughs> something. Like, they should be called for something. Like, even if right, you don't get to officiate for the next three weeks. Like, because if a if a player does something like that, they get penalised. Um, I mean, there's a whole hearing thing for for stuff like that. So, I I'd just like to see some punishment for for really bad officiating. The the league needs to look at it and yeah. do something about it. And that's got to be done soon. Um, I I don't think it should be done. Um, you know, per CBA, which is which is going to expire. The 2021 season or the 21-22 season, I'm not overly sure, but uh, something's got to be done. I mean, these, you know, what what really aggravates me sometimes is one referee that's so close to the action won't make the call, but the one that's, you know, covering the, the, the back end, though, the middle of the ice will, will raise his hand because he saw something. That's, you yeah. know... That's that's and just it's annoying. Sometimes it's at an angle where you couldn't actually tell what happened. Right. That's the thing that always annoys me when I look at the like the position of where the ref was. I'm like, well, you're not going to see anything from there. Like that camphor hit, there was a defense. Uh, there was a a referee like very close to that play, uh, and he just looked at it and just said, "No, that's fine. You're fine doing that." Yeah, and I just thought that was that was a ridiculous call. Uh, there's been a few this season on the Bruins, but there's been a few all around the league at the same time. I just, I think that slashing call was the worst one by far this season and probably last season. Absolutely. All right. We, we have done about an hour. We'll end it there. Uh, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Court. And uh, happy birthday to uh, his daughter, Emma, uh, turning two. Uh, so shout out to those guys. Great family. Um, also, I want to mention that uh, we could use some help from our listeners, um, whether it be financially. Please go to uh, patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate a dollar. 
and be um, eligible to win a, a free T-shirt or something from Fanatics that's Bruins related. Um, speaking of Fanatics, with the holiday season uh, approaching quickly, we, we, we would like to ask our listeners that if you want to buy any sports apparel, whether it be the NHL, Major League Baseball, NFL, uh, NBA, NASCAR, NCAA, whatever, uh, whatever sport that, you, you know, somebody that you're buying for is interested in, please um, go to the blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on the Fanatics banner. Um, we, we get commission of all the sales, which helps us cut the cost of, of, of operating uh, the podcast and the website. So we, we definitely appreciate that consideration. And also, I really want to mention that we could use more help on the, on the Apple Podcast slash iTunes, um, the rating and, um, and comments. Um, if you like the show, send us a comment. Um, if you don't like it, send us a comment. But we would really consider, uh, really appreciate if you guys could give us five star ratings as much as possible, so we can get higher ranks in, in the uh, in the whole scheme of Apple iTunes and their ranking system. So that would be really cool. Um, and also, like I mentioned before, we are we are looking for more writers uh, at the BlackAndGoldHockey.com website. Um, it's a great place to great platform to to learn to to write and. And, you know, if you want to be a, a future journalist in this thing, this is a, this is a great start. So uh, reach out, um, blackandgoldhockeyblog.com. Uh, at, I'm sorry, blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com. Send me a, you know, send me a, an email saying that you're interested in writing for us and, 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 and maybe some samples. And we'll, and I'll let you know if you're, if you're the type of person that is uh, worthy of joining our team. So... Lots of good things going on, um, but as we end this, um, I want to say to the American listeners, please have a happy and safe Thanksgiving with your families. Uh, Thanksgiving in the United States is this Thursday, so we won't be, we won't be doing any show um, during the week. So I just wanted to get that out, and we'll be back next week to talk about it and maybe talk a, bit, a little bit about what happened on my Thanksgiving with my family. So, uh, Rob, don't drink and drive. Yeah, yeah. Please be safe when you're when you're you know putting the spirits down uh, with with family and friends. Uh, call an Uber, call Lyft, call a taxi. Um, yeah. That's 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 huge, and don't do anything stupid because you know you're with family and stay with family. So, and uh, to end, like I said, uh, Rob, thank you so much for your time today. Always, you're you're a constant gentleman when it comes to talking hockey. From abroad, no worries, buddy. <laughs> Needs to has to be done. Exactly. If I don't get like I don't use Twitter as much as you guys, so this is my venting. So yeah. there you go. But again, like I said, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you all very soon. Thank you very much for listening. Take care and bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold 277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob Forty Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com. <laughs>